What's good, podcast populace, and welcome to another episode of the Zoom Boomafoom, known as the Brain Trust Countdown. Yeah, Zoom Boomafoom. It's through Zoom. It's through Zoom. Anyways, uh, welcome to another episode of the Brain Trust Countdown, where three best friends count down their top picks on seemingly pointless categories, and more importantly, belittle and berate each other for your enjoyment. And as always, I'm your man, Alan, and I'm joined by two co-hosts. You know this man to the digital left as the myth known as AP. AP, say hi. Hey, nope. yo. Oh, that, that, that took forever. <laughs> it did. I need, you need the dramatic pause. What's up, everyone? <laughs> and then the guy to my digital right, you know him as Anthony. Anthony, say hi. Hi, people. What's going on out there in non-podcast worlds? I'm so curious. <laughs> that was That's even like. worse. That <laughs> was even worse. I think, I think it was okay because he asked him a question. I think <laughs> I just want to know. I just want to know. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are we feeling on this bright and early Saturday morning? Uh, real talk, I just woke up, so I'm tired. <laughs> but I've been taking care of this uh, money plant I have here, though, so that's like a full-time job. It's finicky. I've been thinking about getting one of those. What's it like? What's it like being a father to a money tree? It's weird, but like, look, uh, it's... It's weird because the less you take care of it, the better it does. But the more you try to like give it sun and give it water, like it's it 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 has a tough time because like if you overwater it, it can start to rot. And if you give it too much direct sunlight or like any direct sunlight, the leaves start to crisp. And but <laughs> if you don't water it enough, then the leaves start to shrivel, even though it only needs to be watered like once every couple of weeks. Like it's the weirdest shit. I don't know. It's 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 fine, I assume. Just get it and do nothing to it, and hopefully it'll grow. So it's like a, a girl that plays hard to get. Like, if you give it too much attention, it's yes. not interested. But if you don't give it enough attention, then it, it's, it's still not it's, interested. It's, it's literally like everyone I've ever dated. Plants and women. Plants <laughs> and women. Still don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, today's episode is hosted and picked by your man, AP. AP, tell them what Yo. we're talking about today. Well, today... We're talking about something that's near and dear to my heart. Everybody loved TV when they were young. And if you're still young, you love TV. Although if you're still young, probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. But that's a different story. Wrong. <laughs> I want child viewers, child, <laughs> child listeners. Let's go. Now, in this, um, this array of television I used to watch, there were heroes in a lot of these shows. And that's who people rooted for. Not me. And I wasn't even about the main bad guy. Like, I like bad guys. I wasn't about the main bad guy. I was about the henchmen. I was about the people that the main baddies sent out to do his work that could never get it right. I found that guy hilarious, nine times out of ten. So today we're counting down our top three favorite henchmen, kid show edition. That's what we're doing. Sounds complicated. Hopefully when we get into it, everybody did the right thing, although I don't have much confidence. We'll see. <laughs> I 100% did this wrong. I'm going to tell you straight up. I, I, I knew it. It's fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> it'll, it'll make for a good roasting session. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> well, I suppose we should begin. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Brain Trust Countdown. Count, count Three, two, one. Here we go. guys let's get into it i want to know your top three favorite henchmen kids tv edition at i'm throwing to you first what you got Woo! all right 
Um, so this was a fun exercise for me because at first I was like, henchmen, wow, that's stupid. I would much rather spend time focusing on, you know, the big baddies, like you mentioned in, uh, in the intro. Yeah. Uh, but as I sort of broke it down, I started to really get creative with the idea. I mean, you know what? I actually love this topic. Good. Um, now, following your rules, if I understood yeah. correctly, it's yeah. the bad guys that essentially had to take orders, which I'm fine mm-hmm. with. Uh, and so I'm going to give my number three to a, a, a really a, a one that's very near and dear to my heart, <laughs> Black Arachnia. So wow. okay. I want to take you guys to Beast Wars. <laughs> I want to put you in the mindset. The year was <laughs> 1997. Uh, you're sitting at home on a morning, on a Saturday morning, you're watching, you know, your favorites. And of course, Beast Wars comes on. It was called Beast. It was actually called Beasties in Canada. It was Canada. called Beasties. It was called Beast Wars in the States because we're that peaceful, everybody. Um, <laughs> and there was actually a plethora of, of henchmen to choose from. So let me tell you about my short list. Wait, hold on. Before, before you go forward, is it plethora mm. or plethora? I say plethora. plethora. I play. I say. I say plethora as well. What we're going to do is like, when when this podcast is over, we're going to post the phonetics online. (laughs) (laughs) Phonetics breakdown coming at you on the socials. (laughs) Which is it? You guys said plethora? Really? Plethora. plethora. You put the emphasis in the beginning. That's odd for me. Plethora. Interesting. I think that's right, but who knows? I've been Mm. been saying words incorrectly my entire life, so we'll see how it goes. (laughs) I know you always say you always say toboganing, which is weird. Yeah, because, uh, <laughs> because I'm half Filipino, and that's <laughs> toboganing. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> that was weird. Awful. <laughs> but we, but I digress. <laughs> so, yes. so you, you had a short list. Okay. Trust me. Trust me. If it wasn't going to be Black Arachnia, then it was going to be Waspinator, Scorpionock, or Dinobot. Dinobot was this close for me because well, he was like the Scorpionock. Yeah, well, right? I would have been Waspinator. I was what? the Waspinator. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, Waspinator was loathed by every writer on that show. The reason he was he was scrapped into like little pieces in every episode is because they were trying to kill him off. But Hasbro kept coming back. Like everyone loves him, you have to bring him back. In the <laughs> and they're like, "Do you know how many Z's we have to use in the script for this this garbage character?" <laughs> I love that his gun shut out little stingers. That was my favorite thing. The, the one thing I did hate about him was how long it took him to say anything. Like, I'd be sitting there and he'd be like, we'll get you. I was like, there's no S in we'll get you. There's no S in that. I just want to see the fight. <laughs> get to the action, Waspinator. Yeah, he was loathed by, by Predacons and Maximals alike. Anyway, so, and the writing room. Um, but anyway, Black Rachnia, she's smart, she's gifted. Um, she was the only one that could get close enough to uh, Tarantula's like plans because he always had something in the, in the books and he really kind of operated like his own silo version of the Predacons. Tarantulas, what was his name? Yeah, Tarantulas. Um, so I just loved, I loved her character. And then I think she even became a good guy in the next iteration of, yeah. of Beast Wars. Like she ended up, she ended up joining the, the, the Maximals. So. Wow, what there's a character. About, there's something about a character that can switch, that switches. Yes. Back. They're more compelling. Right, right. agreed. That's why Dinobot was in the, in the short run for me too, because he was the first one to do it. 
Yeah. And then she obviously did it in the next episode. But I thought the character was well written. I thought she was a total badass. Um, and I had no complaints about the black and gold, the black and yellow before black and yellow was a thing. It's oh. true. It's true. Sorry, Wiz Khalifa, you're late to the party. <laughs> black Arachnia got there first. Um, wow. So yeah, that's my number three. Okay, honestly, I got to say, that's a good first pick. I think that's a very good first pick. It follows the rules, Alan. It says exactly <laughs> what it means. And it delivers what it says on the 10, you know? Henchman, and then you got the, the change of heart through. She looked cool. She had a cool weapon. You didn't have to wait a year to hear what she had to say. It was fantastic. I liked everything about it. That's great. That's great. What do you think, Alan? Uh, again, my biggest thing with this is that you picked the wrong one. I don't, <laughs> I don't disagree with the, with the universe that you went with. I disagree mm-hmm. with the pick. And it sounds like uh, you picked it because you were borderline attracted to black arachnia. And I was okay. very sexually attracted to black arachnia. <laughs> it's the reason I watched Pepper Ann when I was young. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was weird. <laughs> that is very strange. <laughs> Guys, I'm super kidding, but whatever. (laughs) Okay, but fun fact, there's an episode of Rick and Morty from this season where they're on like a story train and one of the background characters that like, there's like a cart of the train where there's all these female bad guys who talk about their experiences with Rick and like why they hate Rick Sanchez. And one of them is an adult looking Pepper Ann. She looks like a a, a cave woman, but she also looks like Pepper Ann. I'm going to find a screen grab for you. Just (laughs) Please, that's... That that feels like it'd be a weird uh, look back into the uh, past for me, you know? All right. Well, while he looks that up, Alan, why don't you give us your number three? Number three henchman. All right. My number three henchman, like I said, I did this pick incredibly wrong, but I'm going to go ahead and go with it anyway. We might be able to justify it. We'll try. Yes. So I didn't pick specifically TV. I went into the, to the realm of uh, movies, Okay. But I think I might have a bridge because there was a TV show of this movie. Okay, I so like that. I, so I, I think I might have found a loophole. Okay, okay. you might have nailed it. I might have found a loophole here. I'm going to go ahead and go with Iago from the world of Aladdin. Ah, okay, okay. okay. I, see, I, know, I already know where the loophole is going to come from, but okay, yeah. fair. So, so Iago... He was that jive-talking parrot that everybody loved mm. and kind of hated, but kind of rooted for because everybody wanted a talking bird as a, as a friend, as yeah. a confidant, as an sure. accomplice, if you will. Okay? <laughs> now, this did talking we? bird, I know I did. <laughs> no one suspects the bird. Yeah, and don't talk to me like AP doesn't because I know that of all of us, AP actually had birds. Yeah, I still do. Several yeah. birds, all the time. Exactly. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Uh, so he was just this jive-talking, wise-cracking bird that was always on your side and helping you scheme along the way. Mm-hmm. And everybody wanted a friend like that. He was the like the actual epitome of the devil on your soul on your shoulder. Yeah, that's true. He never you know he I never mean? had a good idea. Like it was always. <laughs> just, I'm throwing Aladdin. Just take like, it. bro. He was that very self-serving. Yeah. <laughs> Iago was a, uh, he was a survivalist, if you really think about it. Because mm-hmm. he, okay. uh, he stuck with Jafar because mm-hmm. he was out for the, uh, he was out for the, the lantern or the lamp, right. excuse me, right. the lamp. And then the second that Aladdin got it, off goes Iago. <laughs> and she's like, like, oh. <laughs> like, oh, Aladdin's got the lamp. I got a new friend. 
Zero allegiances from Iago. Zero allegiances. He's a survivalist. <laughs> Are you planning on getting into who voiced Iago? Because See, I think that's, that's my the lore. Bert Godfrey. Or <laughs> that's my issue. That's my only issue with Iago is that it was voiced by Gilbert Godfrey, who potentially has the most annoying voice in Hollywood. I can't hear it. I want to choke him. I want to choke him to death. So every time I heard Black. Iago say anything, I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to punch that bird. But I could say that that's perfect. Maybe exactly. that's what they He's got a voice and a face made for voice acting. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey, if you're listening, I, I respect, yeah, I respect yeah. your career, but damn. <laughs> I loved I loved Problem Child. I'm so just gonna I. go. Off. <laughs> so did I. I absolutely I, I grew up on that movie. I was like, man, that movie had chops. Right? Yeah. The second one was arguably better than the first one. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a sequel. <laughs> oh man. There was a sequel where he got like a stepsister, I think, and she was like more of a problem child than he was. As well. <laughs> See, that's yeah. a, that's also a great topic for the, uh, one of our future episodes. Best sequels. Mm, oh, yeah, that's okay, a good one. That let's, put that, let's put that one in the bag for sure. Put that. Mm-hmm. In the bag. I like. I like how we we mentioned something that we're like, oh, that'd be good. And then the the very next episode, it's that topic. We're just like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the bank. Listen, we're flying, we're flying by the seat of our pants. The bank is the next episode. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's all we got. We don't have a backlog. Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is one episode away from being canceled at all times. <laughs> one one. <laughs> It's one bout of food poisoning away from not having an airing for the next Oh, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's, it was close, man. I ate some sketchy pizza yesterday, so we'll see what happens <laughs> next week. Okay, but where did you get this pizza from? Pizza Hut. Yeah. I've never, oh. like, I know, right? Because what I was saying so is good. I've, I've stuck to this... I've stuck to the same pizza places forever. It's like Pizza Nova. There's a place in Markham called Slice of Fire. It's a, it's a tiny shop. Great pizza. Those are the places I eat at. But I, I wanted to start expanding my um, my pizza lexicon, my pizza horizons, my, oh, my pizza world, if you will. Um, so I, I the first place I started with, I said, all right, let's start with pizza. Let's see what they got. So <laughs> quick review and sidebar. Pizza Hut has like the best crust. Love the crust. I think it tastes excellent. My only problem with Pizza Hut is that all of their pizzas taste exactly the same because I feel it's the way that they stack it. So it seems like they do toppings and then cheese on top of it. So everything tastes like the same seasoned cheese. I got a Hawaiian pizza and like a chicken Caesar pizza and they taste exactly the same. I can barely taste the friggin' pineapples, right? So I'm like, no, I... Their, their crust is excellent. It tastes almost like um, when McDonald's used to serve pizzas back in the day. I don't know if anybody remembers that. I never, like that. I never got loved, those. I loved good. the McDonald's pizza. Wow, it was good. what a it classic. Had, it had the Pizza Hut crust, but the, the biggest issue I have with it is just that, like, I don't know, the flavoring, it all tastes the same. May as well have just gotten a bunch of cheese pizzas. Although a cheese pizza is is underrated, though I will say that. Oh, it's great! I love yeah. cheese pizza. Right? Yeah. Right. But like Kevin McAllister was onto something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let's go. I guess we'll go to my number three now. Two great picks. Yeah. I gotta say, I'm actually quite impressed and quite happy with the picks that we've had so far. Mm-hmm. Um, mine, um, you know, fits within the mold. Well, I know it at least follows the rules. Um, but, for <laughs> my, 
but for my number three, I went to a television show I watched all the time, every Saturday. And this character wasn't around a lot, but when he was around, I knew I was going to be in stitches. So my number three is The Blob from the X-Men animated series. <laughs> Everything The Blob did was hilarious. <laughs> he would come on screen, Cyclops would come out and he'd say, what do you want to do, four eyes? <laughs> he had the best lines. They try, they try to hit him. Nothing hurts The Blob. Throw somebody with a stomach. I love everything about him. He could hit with Jubilee sparkles and he would just burp and laugh. <laughs> there was even an episode where he ate, um, what was it? He got thrown into an ice cream like stand at a fair and then he picks up a barrel and goes, oh, tutti fruity and just starts eating. <laughs> and Storm flies out, looks at her and says, you can't have any and chucked it in her gut. I love it. <laughs> The blob is the best. <laughs> also, sidebar, does anybody else notice how often Storm got her, got her ass kicked? All the time. Yeah. Ooh. Anything Storm, I mean, significant. Like, I, she's so powerful, but all she does is get beat up. They had to, like, Storm was so, to use, to use some terminology from, I guess, the video game world, Storm was so broken that they actually had to actively cripple the character with, like, claustrophobia, with, like, side missions that had nothing to do, like, the, the astral plane, it had nothing to do with the rest of their lore. They're like, let's give her, let's give her something else to, like, weaken her. Or, like, <laughs> what else can we do? Let's let's put her in a fight with with Callisto and say it's a no powers only fight, even though Callisto's powers are agility. It's like hated hated how often they had to like stack the deck against Storm, but with good reason. She was she she they had a lot. Her. She was open. Yeah, they nerfed they nerfed her for sure. Um, <laughs> yes, I did notice that the blob. Wow, what a pick, my friends. Right. Um, the black, the black unitard with the yellow band. He came, so he, so he looked like Saturn. He wanted to look like Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> he looked kept like a simple. Literally, even I, the, I love that character because Wolverine couldn't hurt him, and Wolverine <laughs> they they also had to nerf in that cartoon because they can't have him out here just like impaling people, but trying just to build a blob. Good luck. Like, it just he absorbs took into him. He took a claw to the blob. The blob picked him up and said, ah, eat sidewalk. Threw him on the <laughs> ground. Wolverine's response, needs salt. Greatest show. Greatest cartoon. What, what an exchange. What an exchange. My thing is that who is he, ta- who is he saying that to? Like, is, is he saying that to like a, a fictitious camera that's, that's somehow filming him? All, yeah. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> that is definitely a logical. Like they yeah. show up because nothing hurts the blob. It's like, what are you, who are you telling? Who are you talking to? <laughs> you just by yourself chatting? Maybe yeah. you had like minor onset dementia. Who knows? <laughs> they're, always, they're always on, okay? In the X-Men yeah. universe, they assume Mojo's watching or the, a, a news crew is nearby. Wolverine was always on. He was probably saying that line through a bunch of teeth that have been like shattered in his own mouth. <laughs> like that were, that were actively healing at the time. That's the grossest part. <laughs> Um, okay, so here's my thoughts on this pick. Okay. Mm. My thoughts is that the Blob is a, uh, he's a scene stealer. There's no denying Better. that. Yes, he's a he scene is. stealer. Uh, I remember one specifically when uh, I think we introduced the Blob to the, the audience watching, and I'm certain that he's eating a foot-long sub with one hand. Wouldn't be surprised. Like, 
<laughs> like he's just crushing a whole sub with one hand, and like he and he's talking while like sinister or somebody else is trying to come up with some really grandiose plan. All I he digress. ever wants to do is eat. Yeah, That's exactly. It. Yeah, he, I digress. And he liked to laugh at people. Yeah. Great. So uh, my big thing here is that again, uh, I love the universe. You picked the wrong character again. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Who, who from, is it from the Brotherhood? Who would you have gone with differently? Oh, easily yes. Juggernaut. Easily. He's not juggernaut. a henchman. Okay, can I tell you, that's an honorable mention of mine, and that was going to be my first, but the yeah. problem is Juggernaut didn't have snappy enough lines. Like, Juggernaut was destructive. Juggernaut did say a funny thing here or there, but, like, he wasn't an all-out jerk. Okay. Blob was a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, you're both wrong. It says Juggernaut is not a henchman in any universe, in any respect of the word. Your choices were Pyro, Blob, Avalanche, Hairball, uh, whoever the purple guy was, <laughs> Sinister's dudes. You, you, you can't pick Sinister or Juggernaut or to a lesser I don't extent. Think, I don't think you can pick Sinister, but I think Juggernaut still works because there have been times that he's been dispatched by Magneto. Even though he might not be part of the Brotherhood proper, he's been dispatched. As long as you've not- been dispatched, you're a henchman. In my book, <laughs> that's what you the are. Only- okay, you're, well, you're giving this way more leniency than I'm going to. Oh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna fight over my number one. Now I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, We're we going to fight. Yep. Um, Holy smokes. All right, so Thomas, wow. give, me your, uh, give me your number two, man. Okay, I mean, the number two for me is gonna be obvious. Uh, I went to Anime Land for this one and there were a lot of choices. I almost went with Dragon Ball until I realized I didn't like any of the henchmen enough to give them to give them credit here. Like Nappa, I'm sorry, you didn't make the cut. Um, Nappa. I, I'm, I'm curious if you guys will call me on this pick though. I went with Jesse and James. So, okay. They're a duo. Yep. They made the show what it was. They yep. were on screen 95% of the time to Giovanni's 1% of the time or whenever the leader of Team Rocket actually showed up. Um, they gave the show heart. They gave the show character. They always returned to their, their evil roots. Even when they had to team up with like Ash and Misty and Brock, they always like tried to, tried to betray them in the last yeah, 30 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. tried to do some damage. Uh, and yeah, they, I, I found them to be entertaining. Um, I love that both... Ekans and coughing eventually evolved, which yeah, means they were actually using wheezing. them. Yeah. yeah, it took some time, but they actually got there. Uh, and yeah, they, they were always that Thorn and Ash and Misty and Brock's side. And, uh, you know, you can't, you can't argue with, with characters like that that help build the universe every single episode. Huh. Yes, what do you think, Alan? I see you. I see your face. What you got? <clears throat> okay, so here's my thing. The same light that you were roasting me for picking Juggernaut is the same reason why I will roast you. Jesse Try. and James. Try. Jesse and James were uh, were not henchmen. I would say that Meowth, Ekans, and Coughing were the henchmen. Yep. Yep. Go that ahead. Is, that, that is speciesist. That is speciesist because no. Meowth could talk, and he had most. He came up with the plans most of the time. If anything, they were henchmen for Meowth. Just saying. Okay. Okay, I need you to, to, to take it down to like a six. Okay, I'm right back. now. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right, I'm down. right I'm now, down. you're I'm pushing down. 11, and I need you to bring it down to a six so that we can have it. got me upset. <laughs> I got you heated, and that's fine. That's what this you is all about. <laughs> I'm telling you straight up that you're incorrect in saying this that uh, we're looking that the topic of this is henchmen. 
Like we're not picking the big bads. We're picking the uh, like. I would dare say that um, that Jesse and James were the were the protagonists, not the protagonists. Am I saying that right? Protagonist, antagonist, antagonist. Yes. antagonist. Yeah. So they were they're the antagonist in this, mm. while the henchmen to Jesse and James were Meowth, Coughing, and Ekans. For people, yeah. That that's my thing. That's my thing. I have a slightly different take on it. I think that Juggernaut's definitely a henchman. I think Jesse mm-hmm. and James are definitely henchmen. But I also oh. think I also think Coughing and Arbuck and Meowth are also definitely henchmen. I think mm-hmm. they're all henchmen. Mm-hmm. They're all henchmen. Team, they don't run Team for, Rocket. If they ran for Giovanni, Rocket, Giovanni, right? That's my only thing. If it wasn't for the fact that they like, if they ran it, then fine. But they don't run Team Rocket. But that's the same argument I have for Juggernaut. He does a lot of things on his own, sure, but he has been dispatched before by Magneto. He has aligned himself with the Brotherhood. And the second you get to that point, hey, you're a henchman, bro. Go get, go to the mansion and punch a Professor Xavier <laughs> in the face. He goes and he does it, right? Go hit, you know? go hit Beast. Go hit Beast right now. <laughs> punch Beast in the back okay. real quick. This actually presents an interesting take to the argument because I would call Juggernaut a mercenary before I would call Juggernaut a henchman. You know, if, if he ever did follow the motives of a Magneto or a Black Tom, which I can't even think of an episode where he followed Magneto's orders, but maybe I'm missing something. Then he did it for a very particular thing. He didn't believe in the cause. He believed in the payout, the payout. But you know what? Huh. I don't know if we're going to settle this live on the air. You know what? That's, that's very interesting. The mercenary versus henchman. That's something mm. I'll keep in the back of my mind. But that's just my take on it. As far as the pick goes, I like the pick. I think it's a good pick. I always liked Jesse and James. I always thought they were – I liked them as a kid because they were so fancy. Like, I just saw them were just – they didn't win a lot, which sucked, but – I just thought they were so fancy. Everything they did coordinated. You know, James had the crop top, which I thought was fire back <laughs> weird. It was weird. weird. I didn't ever want a crop top, but I was like, okay, I see. Like, I see this dude can pull off a crop top. And I actually think <laughs> it might have been the first time in my life that I saw, like, somebody wear a crop top. I think it was that. And I was like, okay, that's, you know, it, it works. That shit works. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. You guys so want to talk about it, James. If you, wait, if you want to talk about boundary pushing, there is an episode that never aired in North America, apparently, from the cartoon, <laughs> oh where they entered a beauty contest, and James entered it as well, in addition to be competition for Jesse and Mystique, and he had a fake pair of breasts, and he appeared in a bikini, and oh. he attempted to win the competition, and it got over to North America. He did not. <laughs> See, that's, that's what... See, that's what I hate about shit like that. If you're going to, if you're gonna push the envelope or you're gonna do oh. something like that, pull the damn trigger. Pull the trigger. <laughs> if you're gonna put it seriously, if you're gonna put him in that beauty contest, give him the W. <laughs> I can see you were a fan of Juana Man. I of course. <laughs> Don't well, we mentioned Juana Man in my presence. <laughs> well, we're still talking about Pokemon though. I, I really want to shout out the uh, the Squirtle Squad. Because those mm. guys had us. The Squirtle Squad cool. were yeah. the absolute, like, they're the bad boys of the Pokemon universe. There's just this gang of, like, um, outlaw Squirtle that's just, like, <laughs> causing ruckus everywhere. Unruly. They couldn't be yeah. tamed. Yeah. <laughs> and they have those cool pointy, like, gem in the hologram sunglasses. Yep. I that love those guys. Really outrageous, bro. <laughs> Officer, um, ruined Officer Jenny's day. Squirtles. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, like it's like 
Fun fact, my favorite Pokemon is still a War Turtle. It's still second phase Squirtle. So that's so weird. That's so weird. weird. But it looks so cool. It had like the war paint and it had like ears and a a curly tail. I thought that was wicked. I forgot about the war paint. Actually, that was pretty pretty legit. So were you the guy that would like raise your war turtle and then never evolve it after that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I would play the game and like, what? What's happening? And then you can like hold the beat up to make sure that it doesn't evolve. (laughs) That was me all the time. You know, What's I, happening? Nothing's happening. Just holding it down. You know that you know that meme where you're like smashing a button, smashing the red button? That was me with the B button. You know what? I might make that a meme. Just throwing that out Do there, it. I might make that a meme. <laughs> Alan, super quick, favorite Pokemon, go. Um, oh, there's too much, there's too much to really pick from. Um, it has to be Gyarados. Like, it has to be Gyarados. Wow, okay. Only because, okay. like, for the simple Vicious. fact that it came from nothing. Like, it evolved from Magikarp. <laughs> then shouldn't Magikarp be your favorite? Because no. he's a forever underdog and he, and he made it? <laughs> he's essentially the Rocky world of Pokemon. And it ends up becoming a badass heavyweight champion. And I'm just going to go with Rudy. Same thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. The only way to evolve him was have him start a fight and then switch him out immediately. So immediately. Immediately. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Well, well, good pick. I think that yes. was a good pick for a number two. How about you, Alan? Yeah. What you got? What's your number uh, two? My number two <clears throat> comes from a TV show this time around. It comes from a TV show. Okay. Uh, it comes from a TV show... Uh, that was very unique in its sense that the main characters were actually the villains. Interesting. Okay. My favorite, uh, my number two henchman is very much Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. Mm. You know what? Pinky almost made my list. Legendary. Pinky actually almost made my list. But explain, explain. I love Pinky. For those of you who don't know, Pinky and the Brain was a show from uh, the Warner Brothers Cartoon Network. Uh, from the 90s, about two mice that very literally wanted to take over the world. And every episode was a different scheme of how they would take over the world. And Pinky would be, uh, I guess, the comedic relief to the uh, to the brains that was, well, brain. Brain, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, loved it. I love that duo because it, like... I liked Pinky because he was actually a nice guy. Like he didn't really he was. hurt things. He, he just was. was hanging out with his friend Brain, who just happened yep. to be in the same cage as him. You know. Yep, that's exactly what it is. So uh, these uh, super smart mice, uh, due to lab experiments, which I'm completely and utterly against, for the record. Yes. yes. Um, uh, they somehow gave these two mice uh, incredible intelligence. Well, I wouldn't say incredible, but better than normal mice intelligence. Mice. And sure. yeah, and uh, brain got all of the brains and knowledge and ambition to take over the world. And Pinky was very much just there for, along for the ride. He was there for friendship more than anything else. So it's like, know? oh, like like that's someone you can root for. Like I I, yeah. I understand that. It's like if, if that's the only friend you have in this world, and he wants to do something, it's like sure. I got nothing better to do. Like, why not hang out I'll with try my to friend? Help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not try to help? That, that's the, that's the, that shows the kindness of Pinky's heart to yes. know that all he wants to do is help out his friend. That's it. What a, that's great, it. What a great message. So, yeah. What a great message to walk away from. I think, okay, so thank you, first of all, because you just answered a question that I don't think was clear in my head up until now, whether or not they were pets or lab rats or both. 
but it sounds like lab rats. Yeah, they were lab rats, um, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I don't think there were any subsequent experiments on them, though. <laughs> I think after the no. super intelligence one, they were like, oh, great job. <laughs> we, got um, we got them, nailed it. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Uh, what I love about Pinky and what I love about this specific, even though it irks me to give it to you, what I love about this pick that was missing from a lot of the other picks up until now is Pinky was always the foil. Pinky was the reason most of the missions didn't go off the way Brain <laughs> intended them to. So to be both the supporting cast and the foil for those missions made it like incredible for me. Now, there were a lot of like missions where Brain was the foil. He, he missed some step, like some calculation and, and, and things went awry. But a lot of the times Pinky was the reason they didn't take over the world or Brain had to make a decision to save Pinky versus right. the mission being accomplished. So there were a lot of dynamics they played with. Loved it as a pick. Wouldn't have made my list in a million years. Um, I think there are You're far crazy. better henchmen, but- You're crazy. I can see why you picked Pinky. Yeah. I like, there's so much dimension in Pinky. I think it's fantastic. Plus it says a lot about Brain too. Just as you said, Brain would make the decision to save Pinky rather than complete his mission. So then it's like, sure, Brain wants to take over the world, but he cares more about his buddy than his mission, which I think is fantastic. There, there were even a few episodes where they went back into the cage and Pinky was like, oh, like, like would apologize for stuff not going well. And Brain's like, oh, it's fine. We have tomorrow. You know, yeah. like, it's just it was a story. Of, you know what? Shout out to Warner Brothers for that one. Yeah, they nailed yeah. that. They, and the fact that it came as a spinoff from Animaniacs, it's as if yep. they saw it and they were like, there's more here. Like, there's mm -hmm. more story here. There's something deeper here we can do. They're, they were very, very good at their spinoff. So, like, I, I think the pick was dope. As I said, Pinky almost made my list. He was, like, my number yeah. four. Real I'm dog. telling you. I'm so telling good. you. He doesn't get enough love. That show does not get enough attention. I completely agree. Um, is, okay. Yeah. Mm. Go ahead. I was just going to say, is this a kid you're going you're gonna to make your kids watch one day? Like, a show you're going to make your kids watch one day? Pinky and um, Maybe when they're a little bit older, you can understand mm. exactly what's happening. Mm. Like, I don't want my kid to try and like, you know, grow up to think about taking over the world because that's not there. Yeah, <laughs> like that's not tyrannical. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to raise that kind of person, but like I, I want them to understand that cartoons are funny and, and can be fun. And there's lessons to be learned within the cartoons if right. you if you listen carefully. Yeah. Well, I just worry there's never been another pinky in the brain. So like how do you make sure the next generation gets that, you know? Uh YouTube. I make sure that Oh YouTube. fair. Yeah, we got yeah. YouTube. Well, because it's, yeah. it's like you can think the same thing about like the cartoons our parents watched, right? Like there's stuff mm -hmm. that they watched that they're they're like, oh, our kids should it be well, actually, you know what? A lot of cartoons back in the day were super racist. You know, <laughs> very racist. Forget <laughs> it. Forget it. We're good. We're good. <laughs> we're the greatest generation. Us. Yeah. Yes. Us. Um, AP, okay. why don't you uh, why don't you give us your number two? Let me bless you with my number two. Now, my number two, I think, is. Um, Speaking of dimensions, this is an actually nice that way. Speaking of dimensions, we got another character here who started off on the side of evil and moved her way to good, but there, there was turmoil. There was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And at the end of the day, she ultimately sacrificed herself for the greater good. So I don't see like any greater reason to be on my list than this. My number two is Tara from Teen Titans. So for those mm. of you who don't know Tara, so the Teen Titans, band of superheroes, right? They want to save the world, but they're teenagers. So they're going through a lot of teenage stuff. Tara was sent to their team. She had the power to, she was, um, what they call it, 
she had kinesis of the earth. There was a word for it, but I don't remember it at, at this point. But she was able to cause earthquakes and move earth around, things of that sort. Um, and she was sent to their team to infiltrate for the big bad, which was Slade. As they got to know her, they came to really like her and she came to really like them. But the reason that she was there for a mission is she couldn't control her powers. And she was promised the ability to control her powers if she infiltrated this group. So then you got the turmoil of the back and forth, back and forth, back and forth of what she could do. Everything all came to a head. And to save the team that she came to love, she sacrificed herself to stop a volcano that she accidentally created, turning herself to stone, ultimate sacrifice. So... That is why she's my number two. She's a fantastic character, so relatable. And I would argue most characters, if not all characters in Teen Titans were that relatable. So Tara's my number two, gotta be. Good pick. Uh, Tara, 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 what are my thoughts? Uh, I did love the character. Uh, I can't say I was as big into Teen Titans as I was into some of the other superhero based uh, uh, cartoons, but I do remember Tara. I do remember the character of Tara. I do remember being able to identify with her, with her whole thing, with her not being able to control powers. Cause I was obviously a big, uh, X-Men fan. Uh, I will say for Tara, it was a great example of like, like a heel turn or like an expected heel turn. Cause I think she was taking orders from Slade. Yes, uh, she was. She if I'm not mistaken, yeah. she was taking orders from Slade. And it was one of those things where like you as a viewer knew this was happening in the background, but the characters didn't. And it was a mm-hmm. great introduction to that idea of like a subversive character. We've talked about Aqualad tons of yeah. times on this, on this podcast already, um, where that was like an intro to that angle. Uh, and yeah, I, like, I always love seeing a, a character with, like you said, dimensions. Tara, good pick. Um, I can't think of anybody else from that show I would have picked over that. I guess because I, I don't have as much Teen Titans knowledge, but yeah, for <laughs> but now I'll give really it up. Wasn't. It was it was yeah. it was kind of just her. Nice. Um I do pick I do agree with the pick. Um I think that the world of Teen Titans is fantastic. Uh, it's probably one of the most underrated like superhero shows that uh, that have come around because the world of Teen Titans and the evolution to Young Justice and then Young Justice Invasion, that that universe is uh, home to so many incredible like cartoon superhero moments that people don't give it enough credit. So um, I, as much as it pains me to say again that I don't have much to really discredit this one, even though I, it's no secret that I really don't like agreeing with you. Yeah, I understand. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so we're down to it, gents. I think it's our number one time now. How are you guys feeling? You guys uh, ready to top the list and hopefully? Yeah, I'm convinced I did this great. better than both of you. So. Oh wow! Let's just, oh, let's just, let's let's just get it over with. No, let's, I'm going to let the beating let the beating end here. Um, no so way. my number one mm-hmm. um, is from X Men: The Animated Series. Uh, it is, and I mean, Blob was a good pick. Um, Juggernaut yeah, is right it was. still. Oh, <laughs> Blob, Blob was good. But I, I gave it to a character who I think defines henchmen, um, but not in the pinky way. And so I'm like kind of sad that I didn't do the pinky way, which is like they're the foil half the time. She was never the foil, but she did definitely define henchmen in that her allegiances always went with whoever was, was, was giving the mission at the time. Right. I'm going with Mystique. Uh, so, wow, two two really strong female characters in my in my list. Mystique was great because she was following Apocalypse's orders, but in this, at the end of the day, 
she had interesting storylines going on. She was Nightcrawler's mother, which they only alluded to. She was Rogue's foster mother, which they only alluded to. And she's the reason Rogue eventually developed her powers. She could hold her own in a fight. She kept the plot moving along very nicely where she like pretended to be a mutant who was cured of his powers when in actuality Warren Worthington was back in the lab being experimented on and tortured. He's but cured, don't ran, worry about it. She ran into a bar, apocalypse, the doctor said what he was going to do, I'm cured. I was like, oh, that's sweet. Now, actually real characters still being tortured uh, and used her like her very subversive power set of being able to look like anybody for, for mayhem because people weren't expecting that. I mean, it does kind of suck that Morph basically had the same powers in the cartoon. Yeah. And so but they really kind of just doubled up. He was more annoying than Mystique. I think that was his extra <laughs> he was. He was, he was. irritating. Yeah. It looked right? like a flex. Both of them had to pack heat in order to like actually be effective. They both had a gun to go with the rest of it. Oh, yeah, because they, they never really copied powers. They copied appearance. Right, yeah. right. Which I always so thought was useless. kind of weird because Morph couldn't fight. So I get it. Like, give him a gun. Yeah. Well, fight. Does she Mystique really hold guns? her own? Like, yeah. the guns made her OP, in my opinion. <laughs> Take that laser pistol out of her hands. What the hell? But no, yeah. I think that I think okay, I think that's a worthy pick. I would argue that 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 would be the same reason that Juggernaut would have been a henchman. It's like the same thing, right? Mystique, sure, she's following orders, but she's doing it for her own reasons. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. I like the pick. I'm just saying that, like. You poo-pooed an idea that didn't need to be poo-pooed. <laughs> she also wore a skull and wore a dope white outfit. She was killing it. Mate, so did Cubone. <laughs> Cubone is a sleeper. Cubone was always in my Gen 1 lineup. I always had a Cubone. Always had my favorite, Growlithe. Always had, always had Pikachu. So, you know. <laughs> Growlithe is also a very, uh, very, very good Pokemon pick. Yep. Well, yeah. you didn't. It, it was when he learned fire. Like you didn't, he was okay as a dog, but then you realize he was a fire type and you're like, oh, hell, well, he might've been a normal type. Either way, he could use fire. And that was mm-hmm. dope. Mm-hmm. So, Alan, what do you think about the Mystique pick, man? All right. So here's my thing with Mystique. I don't like it. Never liked it. Don't think I will like it. I didn't even like the movie character. I don't, I didn't care for it. I thought Rebecca that, Romaine? Rebecca Romaine, I think, killed it. But like, what was, I, <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence? There you go. Her? Yeah. No. No, we no. didn't do it. No, I didn't like any iteration of Mystique in the films. Uh, I, I think that, uh, that the character itself was kind of cheap. Uh, she, it doesn't. <laughs> You're selling her short. You're selling her short. Yep. Although I, so, although in his argument's defense, even Rebecca Romaine didn't like the character. Like she yeah. did it, she was just like, I'm not, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> yeah, that, that character could have been so very layered, but they reduced her to be a shapeshifter, you know? Like it, it's, there are so many um, dilemmas and uh, issues that you could have tackled with a character that, that could have been like any, that could have looked like anything, but you made her to be this incredibly beautiful person with blue skin. I don't know. To me, it seems kind of lazy. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Lazy. You're, you're calling Chris Claremont, the designer of the character Mystique, lazy. I just want to get that on record. Yep. <laughs> Attention, Chris Claremont. This is Alan. 
Uh, I want you to know <laughs> that I think that your character of Mystique, while potentially very layered and very interesting, every iteration that we've seen of her so far is lazy. Go ahead. <laughs> Unlike some people on this podcast, I'm not willing to back down from a fight from a uh, world-renowned comic book writer and creator. So, so you're, so you're going you're gonna to fight, fight an artist. It's what you're yeah. <laughs> Come find me, you dirty tracer. But you know, but you know this, is the, this is the type of thing that like, he'll show up at your door and he'll be like 250 pounds and jacked. Like, you know, <laughs> Chris Claremont's going to beat your ass, bro. <laughs> It's 2020, bro. People are big. (laughs) He's best friends with Brock Lesnar. Jesus. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, There's a lot of people in the world of of X-Men. So I get it. I mean, everybody knows how much I love that show. But I'm just saying that I think that uh, Mystique is a little bit of a uh, one-dimensional character when there's so much potential there for her. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I'm, okay. So in that in that vein, then what does your number one look like, sir? All right. Did, here we go. Break the, the mold. This is going to be the best pick of all of ours. Okay. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and say this: that there, I, I've said this maybe once or twice, but this time I actually mean it. There okay. is nothing bad that you can say about this pick. Okay. okay. I'm going to try. My pick. I got got a lot of hate in my heart. My pick transcends the actual universe that it's from. Mm. My pick is uh, arguably the most important henchman that has actually outgrown their boss. And I know that you guys think that you know what I'm going to say, but you don't. You don't. My pick is Harley Quinn. (gasps) Interesting. Okay. Harley Quinn. (laughs) He's right. Harley, Harley Quinn has transcended the universe that it comes from. People don't know the origin, the origin of Harley Quinn. She was a uh, sidekick to the Joker. And everybody knows who the Joker is, the, uh, Batman's most uh, incredible uh, <laughs> Thomas villain. Thomas wants to go back. He wants to go I'm going to go back further. What was she before that? Oh, oh we got to go back even further. Okay. Yeah, Harley psychiatrist, Quinn. bro. Harley Quinn Shit. was a Arkham Asylum psychiatrist Trained. whose single job was to, was to uh, break down the Joker and try and uh, figure out who he was and bring him back to the world the same but the joker is so crazy that he actually brought the trained psychiatrist (laughs) his side and made her equally crazy (laughs) equally crazy it's perfect it's it's sheer insanity yeah and harley quinn has transcended everything that has come through from the world of batman and become a pop culture icon so much so that there's merchandise, movies, costumes, everything under the sun you could find with a Harley Quinn uh, like emblem or or link back That's to. True. So, I mean, like, but but part of that though, like as far as the popularity, go to the fact that there are a lot of people out there that like to dress up as Harley Quinn because she wears like they. It's it's like how when Halloween happens and people go as a sexy mouse, like it's that. <laughs> So a lot of the popularity is that it's like, oh, she wears skimpy clothes and like she has cool makeup and she does stuff with her hair. Like I love it. Like I look great like that. So then they they do that. And honestly, AP, 
the the means justify the ends. She's still a fantastic character, no matter how you get That's there. Fair. Whether yeah. it's from co- from cosplay, whether it's from the the animated cartoon with Batman, like the first version, whether it's Margot Robbie's depiction, and that's what people identified with. All of these things have funneled into an incredible lore. I am so mad. I am so mad. <laughs> I think I think my old man is showing because like that sort of stuff. I look at that and I was just like, no, but you don't know where she came from. Like that's not that's not who she is. There's more. But no, I as far as the pick goes, I yeah, it's a phenomenal pick. I don't I don't have. I told you so, yeah, Mister J. Honestly, Put in. Watching, like. Jay? watching that early depiction the batman cartoon like every every saturday from like the hours of 2 p.m to 4 p.m that i i honestly up until this very minute in the in the podcast i didn't realize how much of an impact harley quinn actually had and Mm -hmm. i can't even fight with the fact that she became her own like boss like she no longer was a henchman after a certain while because she started as a henchman Mm -hmm. end of story yep i'm telling you you have nothing to, bad to say about it. This is the pick of all picks. I mean, my Harley number Quinn. one was good, but, like, we should have gone with that. Oh, let's see. Okay, let's okay. I'm not, I'm not going to put all my chips in that corner yet. Let's see, AP. Let's see. What do you, what right. you come up with? Well, my number one is, is a bit of a trifecta, but I'll go with a duo instead. Um, I think these are the, for me, this is the quintessential henchman, at least from childhood, right? And I'll add an aside to it afterwards. But my number one is Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, how could it not be? How could it not be? They fumble everything. They are sent out to take out the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're a giant rhino and a giant warthog. How come they couldn't get it done? (laughs) If if you were to strip the human characteristics of those animals, that is an easy W for a rhino and a warthog. Oh my God! could beat up some turtles, man. And a rat. <laughs> easy W. Yeah. And they gave them like Gatling guns and shit. Like they had the means mm-hmm. to absolutely do in the Ninja Turtles, and they couldn't do it. No, nope. it's, it's it's very irritating to me. And I would say, as an aside, I would also count Shredder as a henchman because he answered to Crank. He answered to Krang. What? He no, he didn't. Yes, he did. When he failed, it was Krang that was like, Alan, Alan. you failed. Like that. Are well, you, that's, that was, yeah, that's how he sounded. But yeah. I need confirmation from a second on this one because I just flat out don't believe that. Neither do I. So I'm on actually uh, Anthony Thomas's side here because I thought they were two oh, separate villains. Because two I thought... S- yeah, they're very much like uh, like hexadecimal and megabyte, as they were in like two separate entities, or 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 Magneto and Apocalypse. So that's your mm-hmm. lack of detail, sir. That oh. hexadecimal and megabyte were definitely two separate entities, but right. Shredder and Krang worked together, right? Because remember, Krang was the one that would dispatch the foot, like he would create them, he would bring them to whatever, whatever, like he would create, like he had the, um, I don't even remember what it was called, but the ship that he was in would produce them. And then Shredder would take them out to a- The attack. Technodrome? You're thinking of yes, the Technodrome. the Technodrome. What a great name, by the way. I'm gonna, <laughs> aside, I'm gonna open a club and call it the Technodrome. Um, <laughs> I'll be there day one, bottle service. Ma- maximum <laughs> capacity, 10 people. But that, <laughs> yeah, nobody can fit in, it's shaped like a sphere. It was a terrible design choice. Um, <laughs> but with, but a shredder aside, Bebop and Rocksteady is where I go for henchmen. Like they're quintessential. Bebop and Rocksteady Steady were the bulk and skull of Ninja Turtles. As mm-hmm. 
right? Like they, they fumbled, they messed up everything. They were always getting yelled at, but were never dispatched of. And I loved every single, single moment of it. Yeah. I, okay. So I can't be mad at that pick because the idea of a rhino style human, stylized human is so awesome to me. <laughs> like rhinos are already terrifying. Let's make him a guy that can walk around, make him bipedal. Now I don't sleep anymore. <laughs> so like great design choice for a character. Um, they were so jacked. The, the problem was, but the reason they lost, and I think this was kind of like the undercurrent of those two characters, is they didn't know ninjutsu. And that's, like, it wasn't that their characters couldn't fight. They could fight, but they street fought. Like, they, they weren't going up against somebody who knew ninjutsu and coming out of that okay. That's, <laughs> They're that's on them. That's on them. They should have trained. Um, really awesome pick. They actually were a huge influence for one of my big honorable mentions. And I'm so glad Alan said hexadecimal and megabyte because my honorable mentions were hack and slash. And they were yes. basically a computerized version of Bebop and Rocksteady. They Absolutely. Had these, just constantly running in circles, bumping into each other, not able to pull off any of the missions. They were. <laughs> Those are amazing so, picks. Yeah. So like... Dude, no, no fight with you on Bebop Rock. I think it was the only reason I didn't make my list mm. is because I wanted to pick henchmen that weren't like an expect, like people didn't expect they were coming. And like, I feel yeah. anybody thinks of childhood cartoons, childhood moments is going to pick Bebop Rock steady. So I wanted yeah. to go outside the grain, but that doesn't, that doesn't invalidate them as a pick. The, me, being so. right. Fair enough. I'm with that. Does anybody know why uh, Bebop and Rocksteady weren't in the second Ninja Turtles movie? And they went with Toka and Razor instead. No, like the, I'm sure, but Toka and Razor are awesome. Toka and Razor. Yep. Toka and Razor were in the second Ninja Turtles movies. Sorry for people who are listening. This is a deep, deep cut of like Whoop. the 1990s, like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies that don't get enough credit because those movies were incredible. <sighs> Oh my god. In Turtles in Time is a Red. top 10 movie forever. <laughs> Turtles in Time is terrible. Turtles in Time, Turtles in time was bad. You didn't know that they were coming back, man. <laughs> Turtles in Time is fire. I love Turtles all of yeah. uh, But Toka and Razor are the villains that should have been uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, but apparently the, uh, the creators of Bebop and Rocksteady didn't want anything to do with the movies. Or, uh, and they were like, oh, if you guys are going to make this movie anyways, we want a huge chunk of change. Oof. And uh, and the people that were making the movies were like, nope, we're not giving you that much money. We're just going to make our own characters then. And they went with Toka and Razor, which are essentially a snapping turtle and mm-hmm. a dog. <laughs> and, or a dog or a wolf. That but are the on fire the thing group. about it is that they created their own characters, but the characters were so good, they made it in the video games and stuff. Yeah. They were dumb. Like, one, of, <laughs> one of my like, most memorable times playing it was playing ninja turtles 3 and there's a bridge section and you get past like part way through and then a truck drives through and somebody throws grenades at you and then the second time it comes it stops and then taka jumps off and the shit is terrifying (laughs) a giant snapping turtle with a big nose yeah his attack he jumps around the screen and then just jumps on your head and then just eats you like he just tries to eat your head (laughs) and then he rolls like he spins on his back yo this shit was great i think taka's like a fire fire friggin' henchman and super underrated even mm-hmm. though it was made under duress because mm-hmm. they had to make something so good the brain trust so okay so in that vein now we got the list out let me ask then honorable mentions what do we got 
my honorable mentions, they're not very long. Mm-hmm. I have two that I really wanted to shout out. Um, uh, Randall Weasel from the World of Recess makes nice. me laugh at all <laughs> the time. Not because, like, he's a glorified snitch. We all get it. But him physically just makes me laugh because he's got that hunchback the entire time. He's, he's just got that old man posture. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a, like, a six-year-old, or no, not, not six, but maybe, like, 11-year-old old man. Yeah, man. Miss Finster is a Yeah, exactly. And in the same light, I would dare say that the kindergartners are also henchmen because they're just agents Fair. of chaos. And they just <laughs> agents of chaos. They're just they're the savages of the of the world of recess, and they just don't care. Uh, and I will. My last honorable mention goes to Shigo from the from the world oh, of Kim Possible. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. How yeah, she right. didn't make it on our list is actually kind of ridiculous. But yeah. it just, it, it, that that tells you how rich the world of henchmen is. That like she yeah. couldn't even it's make deep. the cut. Yeah. yeah, Shigo was badass. And I liked and I liked Shigo because not only was she a henchman, she was also she kind of did it for fun. Like she mm-hmm. didn't really she didn't really care if she like completed her mission or not. It was just kind of like, all right, let me mess with Kim Possible a little bit. Let, let me mess yeah. with her a little bit. Loved it. That was a good call. Mm-hmm. How about you, Thomas? You got any honorable mentions? Hack and Slash is going to be my my go to, um, but I am a huge. Uh, unrepentant reboot fan, so that was that was going to be an inevitable pick. Um, I don't know if I have anything outside of that. Let me think. I mean, the Horsemen of Apocalypse. I don't know if they would count as henchmen, but Archangel War. Uh, like, like I, I think I would give it to them for sure. Yeah. Um, but they they weren't very like interesting characters. Like they were very much one offs, um, except for Archangel who went batshit crazy. <laughs> Apocalypse. <laughs> Metal wing. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> spent the rest of his fortune, the rest of his fortune and days trying to find apocalypse and like <laughs> sifting, sifting through historical materials that were plants by apocalypse. <laughs> He's like, I planted this in 2000 BC. <laughs> Monster. <laughs> I think, okay, I think those are pretty good honorable mentions. I think right, my right. honorable mentions are the two... I have two. They're pretty, they're pretty standard. One has to be Prince Zuko from the Avatar: The Last Airbender series. Right. Gotta love Zuko. Right. Uh, he had the same sort of arc as Terra, like was coming in to to take care and, and defeat the Avatar, and eventually change his ways when he realized his father was insane. Um, you know. Plus, shout out to his uncle, man. His uncle being uh, what do they call him? The Dragon of the East. That guy's sick. <laughs> um, and then I got to say my last honorable mention is kind of a twofer because they're kind of the same thing would have to be the putties from um, Power Rangers yeah. as mm. well as the foot soldiers from Ninja Turtles. Like they're, they're quintessential henchmen. It's a group mm-hmm. of dudes who look exactly the same who are going to try to attempt to finish a mission, but never make it happen. Those are my guys. Right. Uh, oh, you know who I, you know who I didn't add to my list that I think I would going back. Uh, Sailor Moon Nephlight, uh, dude with the long hair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. who was always around to just drain energy. Like Queen Barrel, obviously had to stay in the Megaverse, but my guy could traverse and go in there and just like ruin <laughs> Serena's day, ruin her day. That was almost there for me too. Like uh, Hard I was, I was gonna go with Zoisite though. I would have gone with Zoisite. Mm. Because yeah. it was just because of that laugh. That, oh, I was like, yeah, it's always. 
I will say this just before we end off this episode, which was a great episode in my opinion. Absolutely. I want to point out that each and every one of our lists had uh, very strong female characters. Hey, yo. The world of uh, of uh, of cartoons had very well written, strong female characters that have uh, have a lasting impression on uh, on all of our memories. Uh, Thomas, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but your entire list has a female in one way, shape, or form. Like you yes, have that's Black right. Arachnia, you have Jesse, and then you have your top pick of Mystique, which I still disagree with, but a, a great <laughs> pick. And, but me, I mean, like. Harley Quinn. Let's just take it back there. Just, just a quick second. Harley Quinn is so good, right? You guys can both agree. Yeah, you guys are nodding your head. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Harley Quinn, and then AP. You have your pick of Tara. Like, yeah, of course, of course. And I, and I think the greatest part about that is when we were young, we didn't actually have a ton of kind of strong female characters in anything. But looking back on it now, it's nice to see that you know, cartoons was, it was always a thing. Like in cartoons, mm-hmm. it was just like, yeah, like this is what we're doing. And I think it was kind of the start of, you know, how do we tell kids while they're young that like, look at how everybody is strong, how everybody can be strong. I think that's dope. I mean, I'm still waiting for a lot of these female characters to become the big bad. Harley Quinn crossed that finish line. Yeah, true. <laughs> no. You never know. It might happen. It might happen. You're up next, Mystique. <laughs> you too, Shigo. Let's <laughs> Although Queen Meryl and Rita, Rita Repulsa. There you go. That's Those true. Are two. She, made, she made her uh, monsters grow all the time, man. She got it all. <laughs> she always oh. threw her staff down from the moon, though. Who's yeah. approving that? Yeah. It was so, and it happened so fast. Like, she <laughs> it and it'd be on the earth. It took yeah. a yeah. lot longer. Yeah. If you're just gonna if you're just gonna lob it, I don't know. It should have just burned up on re-entry every time. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if it never made it? <laughs> but gents, this was a fantastic episode. Agreed. Thank you. And thank you everybody out there who listened to us. I mean, join us next week. We got more shenanigans. We'll mm-hmm. keep going. We'll keep this never going. Ends. Unless we get food poisoning. But <laughs> We'll let you know. We'll see, we'll see you we'll on the show, okay? <laughs> we'll keep you posted. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. And we'll see you soon. Peace. Easy. Brain Trust out. The Brain Trust Podcast is hosted by Alan, Anthony, and AP, three best friends with a penchant for arguing about the inane. Our theme music, production, and mixing is all handled by the very talented AP. Want to continue the argument online? Have a countdown you think we should tackle next? Hit us up at the Brain Trust Podcast on Instagram or the underscore BT Podcast on Twitter. See you next week.